1: Yes, it is. And as we head into hour two of our daily three hour show, every Wednesday, we check in with Congressman David Schweiker representing our sixth congressional des- district here. And so much more like common sense in Washington, D.C. and fiscal responsibility. <laughs> oh, yeah, <and laughs> yeah, You
0: can't use those two things in the same thing. You can, can you How's say that?
1: representing common sense? How's that? No, <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no. It's D.C. It, it, it's, it's lunacy. As my wife joke has joked for years, I work in. Daddy works in a math-free
1: zone. Oh, isn't that right? Yes. Well, let's talk about some math. We got some new math today. I guess that's what new math means. It means we have to count in trillions, not billions anymore, right? No,
0: no, 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 no. We count by
1: Feeling. Oh, <laughs> my bad, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> You've been visiting more schools than I have lately. Oh, it, you had a great it, column it on this actually, opening up the schools. But we can get to all of that. Talk to me about this new infrastructure. Uh, this new infrastructure bill, two and a half trillion. It looks like, huh?
0: Yeah, but we're still digging through the facts. Yeah, and there's problems with it where it, it's basically it's a unionization bill. Tax bill with infrastructure attached, but the infrastructure isn't completely actually infrastructure. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it isn't making the road more efficient, or the new freeway, or the port, or the rail line. You know, what where you would say this is going to expand the economy, and that's why it's rational to make that investment. Um, there's lots and lots of things in here. Like, the, the scale of the investment on you can only do this if it's carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. Or you can only do this if, if, throughout the entire piece of legislation, well, the, the outline, because that's all we really have right now. It, the outline is you can only do these things if you have mandatory unionization of the spending the project, Oh, by the way we fully expect um, this to also become a vehicle to sort of force um, a version of card check through which would even though we're a right- to-work state would you actually force unionization Wow um, through it. so there's all sorts of things
1: and you know there will be a whole series of racial preference uh, schematics throughout the bidding process on uh, on this as well don't you
0: Duke? yeah we, we haven't seen that in the drafting yet but you know we're still digging yeah but the other thing is it's it's ironic is the raising of the corporate tax yeah. Um, You know, the claiming that you're going to collect certain foreign taxes and this and that, which is also mechanically almost impossible to do, only raises a fraction, a fraction of what the bill says it's going to spend. So I think there's a little bit of rope-a-dope going on here where um, you're going to actually see if the House starts to produce the bill, the Ways and Means Committee, because there's taxes in it, so it has to start in Ways and Means Committee. Um, there's going to be a whole bunch of other taxes loaded up on this. And then the last thing I will give you that's just pure politics, um, we're already hearing a number of East Coast um, Democrats are saying they won't support this until the state and local deductibility of their local taxes is back on the federal dime.
1: This is what's which, called salt, right? The salt yeah, tax.
0: Yeah. But mm-hmm. most of that, remember, Cunningham, most of that tax benefit goes to the top 1% of earners, mm-hmm. which is always one of the great irony. The the loudest folks for that type of tax cut are the folks who scream at saying the rich need to pay their fair share except for the rich that I represent.
1: Right. 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 Grover Norquist uh, likes to say that um, infrastructure is a French word that means everything but roads, and I have a yeah. feeling I have a feeling that we're going to get very close to that here with this as well. Let's remember it's called an infrastructure bill, and let's look at just how much goes to this infrastructure. National Review, I thought, had a very good point, David. There's a lot easier way to do it that would not cost us this kind of money. Namely, streamlining the regulatory processes that make American infrastructure so time-consuming and expensive to build, like the old swimming pool and the motel you told me about in our first interview. Remember? Well,
0: um, we're actually dealing with some some edges on that. And it's fascinating how duplicitous so many on the left are. So you see there's a big push for more wind energy. Yeah. Okay? Um, We're living an example right now. There's an area up in New Mexico has tremendous wind um, and there's a power line It's supposed to going from Mexico through Arizona to California. It's now they're on their 13th year of just trying to get the power line cited because of all the permits and the requirements and the environmental studies and this goes through. and functionally the project now I guess is costing doubles or triples what it's supposed to because they can. They have all this wind asset there, but they can't export the power because they can't place the power line. Um, so it becomes: Are the Democrats willing to live by their own, you know, um, shall we say, the, the, the rules they they think they've set? Saying, fine, you're going to You want us to invest all this money in renewable wind? Great. Are you going to allow um, there to be only one lawsuit with a limited time? on running the power line and then they go nuts because trial lawyers are their second biggest political contributor Mm -hmm. Uh and then environmental groups are their third biggest political contributor there you go
1: (laughs) perfect perfect and if that wasn't um, upsetting enough it comes at something that you 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 speak very well on which is the concern over making it harder to compete in America by raising the corporate tax it's
0: Huh. It's more than that. Um, there's just a level of ignorance of what is actually what, who actually pays the corporate tax, but also how little money corporate tax actually raises. And I'm sorry, I don't you know we're we're trying to calculate this as fast as we can yeah. to get a real number because you got to you got to dynamically score it. Saying okay, you raise the corporate tax, so you got to understand you're going to lose this many corporate headquarters to ireland and other places so they'll pay less u.s tax so you're trying to do the formula on what it will really raise, and corporate taxes are dramatically lower than people think now part of that is because huge swaths of smaller and middle-sized and even regional-sized businesses are actually organized as pass through
1: uh huh. That's right. You know,
0: they're LLCs, yeah. they subchapter S's, mm-hmm. they're partnerships. Um, you know, even, you know, you hear of, you know, some of the huge financing setups for pipelines and other types of things where the revenue actually passes directly through to the investors and such. They don't play in the same type of corporate
1: tax. Wow. Wow. Well, David, I gather that there is going to be so much temptation in a bill like this for so many congressmen to want to vote for it. It's not a very high expectation that we're going to see it defeated in the House and toe. Oh
0: no, this is being this is being set up to run as uh, they will attach it as a type of reconciliation bill. Okay, meaning you know it'll go through the House because Democrats have that five seat majority in the House. And they march lockstep, except if it's true that a number of them are willing to extort for more spending in the bill, more deficit spending for SALT. But when it gets to the Senate, it looks like they'll only need 51 votes. Yeah. Um, look,
1: I, 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 many of
0: us believe we have to invest in infrastructure. But what is infrastructure and what will it look like 25 years from now? Yeah. I can, and I can give you a simple example that is part of this bill that we're already seeing reaching out to some of the Democrat leadership and saying, are they willing to join this century? Um, there's a big chunk of cash in here for high-speed broadband. Uh-huh. Okay, that's okay. fine. That that actually helps my vision of you know telemedicine and a lot of those things. Sure. But what is what brings broadband to the Navajo Nation? You know, you're a chapter house in the middle of nowhere. Do you run a fiber optic line out to the middle of nowhere, or do you let them put up a small satellite dish? Because you now have five companies launching these low orbiting, um, high-speed broadband satellites. It turns out every part, every inch of North America today now has broadband. Mm-hmm. But yet they—is it being set up to give certain? certain those, saying we're going to do the old school way and you're going to get a bunch of taxpayer money to do, even though you're now out-of-date technology.
1: Incredible, David. Incredible. Well, we're going to have to keep our eye on it with you, and uh, we'll have a better scoring of it all uh, next week. Thank you so much for the update. I really appreciate it, David. You always show us where to look. Um.
0: And it's not like there's nothing, You know, enough things going on with what's happening at the border. Well, I
1: think it's part of the. Uh, but, I think it's part of the strategy. Throw as much at us as as, as can possibly be done, so that we take oh, our. Absolutely. Yeah, take our eyes off. God bless you, David Schweiker, representing Arizona's sixth congressional district. We'll check in next week. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. Take care. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson show. <laughs> well, that's that Canadian band, isn't it? You you didn't... Res- no, that oh, that was Kiss? What was I? Yeah, that- okay, what was I thinking of? That one Canadian band that you... It was a one-hit kind of... So- no, 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 no. And it was a song that they sing at their athletic games. You have no memory. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about Bill in a minute. Uh... <laughs> Remind me to tell the Jimmy Buffett Bill story. It's pretty good. Um, Bill, do you have Lester Holt's audio by chance? Maybe just sent to you, possibly. Yes, you have it. This is an interesting insight. Saying the quiet part out loud. They don't even try to hide it anymore. You can just run with this. This is Lester Holt, who's the anchor of NBC Nightly News, receiving an Edward
2: R. Murrow Award. The unprecedented attacks on the press in this period, I'm sure, will fill plenty of books and be studied in classrooms, maybe even here. But I have a few early observations I'll share about where this moment brings us and what we can learn. Number one is, I think it's become clearer that fairness is overrated. Well, before you run off and tweet that headline, let me explain a bit. The idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. That the sun sets in the West is a fact. Any contrary view does not deserve our time or attention. Now, I know recent events assure that you won't have to look far to find more current and relevant examples. I think you get my point. Decisions to not give unsupported arguments equal time are not a dereliction of journalistic responsibility or some kind of Agenda. In fact, it's just the opposite. Providing an open platform for misinformation, for anyone to come say whatever they want, especially when issues of public health and safety are at stake, can be quite dangerous. Our duty is to be fair to the truth. Holding those in power accountable is at the core of our function and responsibility. We need to hear our leaders' views, their policies and reasoning. It's really important. But we have to stand ready to push back and call out falsehoods.
1: So there you have the type of person who moderates presidential debate panels, the kind of person you think of as the, um, the, uh, the Nate plus ultra, the, the highest example of mainstream media. We're talking about major network nightly news anchor. We're talking about the role Tom Brokaw had. We're talking about the role Walter Cronkite had. We're talking about the role Peter Jennings had. Lester Holt, he's the nightly news anchor of NBC. And he makes very clear that fairness is overrated and says, quote, the idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. And his example, trying to apply... An odd take on what we in philosophy call a fact value distinction. He says the sun sets in the West, and that's a fact, and any contrary view should not get our time or attention. And then he applies it. He applies that easily observable, objective, scientific fact that the sun sets in the West to the politics of our day and how certain political arguments or political points of view that might provide a platform, as he says, for misinformation, especially when issues of public health and safety are at stake, does not require a fairness to giving two sides equal weight. I happen to think this is exceedingly dangerous territory, applying Easily scientific and objectable facts like the sun sets in the West to political opinions. But that's exactly what NBC now says it is doing unsupported arguments. Do you know why they think some of our arguments or many of our arguments are unsupported? They've never heard them or the evidence, nor do they have the patience to hear them, especially the evidence. He says it's a dereliction of journalistic responsibility to push those kinds of agendas. Our agendas are arguments contrary to the liberal narrative. I think that's incredible. What's more incredible is they don't think it's incredible to say it. That's what's more incredible to me. They have no bones, no compunction, no shame about openly... Admitting this, I talked about the fact value, distinction, and perversion he engaged in here. We can do that. it's a interesting philosophical talk we can get into uh, take on 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 political philosophy if you want. we can get into it. but basically, it's uh the uh, hyper ventilating belief in one side and proclaiming it scientific. Well, dismissing as important, whether it's good or bad. And here you see exactly in sharp relief their views on COVID, for example. And as Jean Kirkpatrick said, it's not about how information is gathered. It's about who governs. There was only one narrative. Only one narrative. Scott Atlas was on with Laura Ingram last night talking about this and how Fauci and Burks and even Redfield, you know, they had a narrative that you could not dissent from in those coronavirus strategy meetings. But it turned out a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. It turned out, I think clear beyond peradventure. But even if you're not with me, at least debatably, it turns out that the Scott Atlases of the world were more consistently correct than the Anthony Fauci's and Sandra Burks's. That's the funny thing. That's the funny thing about censorship, too. When you block out a certain perspective because it doesn't fit your predetermined narrative or outcome, you may be getting bad information, and when you get bad information and act on it, you may be doing terribly dangerous things. And that's what I think is more dangerous for us than Lester Holt's view that we need not give both sides of an argument the same meritorious weight. Nor m- need we be fair. Wow. Okay. They said it. Now they have to live with it. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Bill's funny today. Man, he is funny. Bill, my producer, (laughs) giving him a Jimmy Buffett song um, to add to the bumper, it was one I thought, he, you know, he always has great disdain for my musical tastes. And whenever I suggest a song for the bumper, I know he's always worried it's going to be something like Cher doing The Carpenters, you know. Um, (laughs) Right? So I thought it was a song he'd like, and I turned to him after he was done downloading and I said— do you like that one? And he said, I like Metallica. As if he had just, you know, for 15 years, <laughs> you know I don't eat red meat, you know, <laughs> as if I'm like an old married man. I like Metallica. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or, 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 or just a little temper tantrum there. I like Metallica. Well, it's not going to happen. I mean, it just makes you want to go to sleep, that stuff. Sandman, come on. What a, when a sandman comes is during your sleep, of course yes the the, the 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 issue of infrastructure is an interesting one to me because, like so much other uh conservative stockholm syndrome, I sometimes feel sometimes feel that we may capitulate too quickly to the liberal or left wing um crisis or talking point de jure i um I'm of mixed mind about the infrastructure, and I'd like to know what y'all think. Highways are certainly one thing, but when we think of infrastructure, David's right. Schweikert's right. We mostly think of roads, and that's why Grover Norquist is also right. Infrastructure is a French word meaning everything except roads because roads seem to be in perpetual repair all the time, um, irrespective of whether there's federal infrastructure legislation or not. Don't get me started on Lincoln and Camelback here and other roads throughout Phoenix. They've been under repair for years, and there's nothing that the federal government passes is going to make it faster or better or cease. That's point one. Point two is just how bad is our infrastructure? Is it as bad as the left says, or is it a small piece of trying to run down America again because... When things are good, you can't have radical transformation. I'll talk more about this when we come back. 602-508-0960. Give me a buzz. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 602-508-0960. A listener writes in, Lester Holt is the poster child for everything that is wrong in the mainstream media. Stupid, gutless, not interested in other points of view, thus arrogant in his ignorance. I think that about says it. Yes, I think that about – do you know how good Bill – oh my gosh. Um, one last thing about him before I move on to uh, – well, you know what? Just remind me to say it. It's funny. It's about you. Um, this is more important though. I, it, I I am worried a little bit let's put let's lay a marker down because I'm worried a little bit that this uh, infrastructure legislation and such a big price tag two point two five two point five trillion dollars <throat> incredible after a one point nine trillion stimulus, and we haven't done regular budgeting yet either um I'm a little bit worried that it's going to remove from the headlines the story of the southern border. You know, that, that lily pad of a crisis was just a little bit bigger than most of us thought it would be. Good. It deserved it. But you know it's time now for the left to move that, you know, light on that stage to another one. Because that story at the border is not getting better. It's not getting better. There are now over 17,000 children in U.S. government custody from other countries taken at the southern border. There are now 17,650 children. 17,650 children in U.S. government custody As a result of the crisis at the border, the crisis that we didn't need to have. And I'm just worried that we're going to lose sight of that story because of the debate over infrastructure. You want to see the kind of person we're dealing with in certain respects. Go to Fox News online. And look at their lead video of smugglers dropping children over the fence at the border. Callously dropping children over the fence. So yeah, they got that proverbial, I guess literal, maybe six foot ladder or something. To get to the top point of a fence. And they just throw children over it. And then run away back up the hill. Brings on an interesting question in society, too, doesn't it? Now these in some of these respect some of these cases, they're, they're, they're drone shots, and, and you can't hold responsibility. But look at the George Floyd situation, if you want, if you want, I, I'm not in that camp, but look at any number of other situations of late where people are taking pictures, film of a terrible tragic incident. And not doing anything about it themselves. Does that ever strike you as odd? Does that ever strike you as odd that if people are filming a crime or a brutality, like with Mohammed Anwar, if you want, or any, anything, any any crime you want to have perceived as a crime, sometimes you know something's wrong, regardless of whether you have to check your 1L criminal law textbook. The carjacking of Muhammad Anwar is an obvious, immediate, sensory wrong. doesn't require looking through the criminal code to find out what these two black teens were doing to this one Indian immigrant. But it's odd, isn't it? It's, it's, it's partially the Kitty Genovese syndrome, isn't it? Also known as the bystander effect, right, Bill? You had it, we, had an, we had a neat term for, um, for the lack of conscience in a society over the Kitty, Kitty Genovese case. Do you remember it?
2: Pluralistic ignorance?
1: Exactly right. Pluralistic ignorance. This is why I keep him around. Pluralistic ignorance. It's a fabulous concept, and we should bring it back because I think it can go towards explaining a problem with our politics as well. It's a situation in which a majority of group members privately reject a norm but go along with it because they assume incorrectly that most others accept it. No one believes but everyone thinks that everyone believes kind of theory. Pluralistic ignorance You didn't have to look that up, did you? See, I I make fun of this kid And yet he has a brain like a steel trap Thank you for that, Bill Thank you for that pluralistic ignorance And it ranges the span of things I was giving you another piece of bumper music today And it video featured someone I'd never heard of And the video was probably from 1982 or 3, and you recognize this woman. What was her name, Kate Jackson? Jane Kennedy. Jane Kennedy. And you go, gee, I wonder if that's the same Jane Kennedy from the 1979 NBC Brett Musburger, Jimmy the Greek, football hour. CBS. CBS. NFL Today. NFL Today on CBS. I wonder if that's the same Jane crack hour. What's her name? Kennedy. Jane Kennedy. And son of a gun it was. Who knows these things? Bill knows these things. Bill is Bill is my brain here. Anyway, 6025080960. Can I go back to the um, to the issue of the infra- of infrastructure that I was talking about for a moment? How bad is it? How bad is it? Is it being used as another leftist talking point for how run down America is that yes we're a sick society. Yes. We're a uh, criminal or racist society or both. Uh, and also we are a crumbling society physically. Is, is this part and parcel of it? And the reason I ask is I'm reading National Review and there's a uh, 2020 uh, essay and a 2019 study from three economists that state generally our infrastructure is basically fine. The physical condition of interstate highways has actually improved in recent decades. For example, while buses have gotten younger on average and the quality of bridges has remained steady. America looks good in an international context with admirably low commute times and fast broadband. Is that right or is Biden right? Is our infrastructure crumbling from what you can tell? You tell me, we'll be right back. That's the Canadian sports song I was thinking of. How did you think of that? What you <laughs> that that is a Canadian sports chant, right? Song
2: you had to get me there with the title of the song. Yeah, I didn't remember it. yeah.
1: So they sing that evidently, like we sing. What we will rock you, I guess we do. We will rock you at NBA games, and the Canadian Basketball Association. They do that song evidently. Anyway, trip to our friends, uh, tribute to our friends from the north. Well, let this story not go unmentioned, um, uncommented on, and unnoticed. People say, "What cancel culture? What, uh, what uh, social media censorship?" Well, it's a great discussion, and I can give a speech on an hour for it. I'm happy to do so. I've done it before, and I'm, uh, it's one of the topics I do speak on. But I think it's useful to start with a very basic fact that either you apprehend or you don't, and it's that the president of the United States or the former president of the United States does not have access to the main political communication tool in America, the Internet, Facebook, Twitter. He has been banned. The former president cannot communicate where most people communicate politically. Start there and move downwards. But start at that point where Lester Holt would say because he communicates untruths. Who is Lester Holt to say? And whoever elected Lester Holt, does the guy who gets hired by NBC to lead the nightly news – become invested with more arbitration power over what is true than a man who tens of millions of Americans elect to the presidency of the United States. Think of it in those terms. Think of how, who was putting this to me the other day. I forget who it was. I think Pete Peterson was saying the other day, think of the hubris it takes to be 19 years old and tear down a statue of someone like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or Frederick Douglass. Think of the hubris it must take for you to think, I at 19, 20, 21, whatever you are, know better that re- for society that, that, that remembering this man or this woman is more baleful for society because of what I think— than of what they did, accomplished, and what people in their time thought they did and accomplished. Think of that hubris. Now think about it in the context of Lester Holt saying, I will tell you that when Donald Trump speaks, it's not the truth. We know more about Donald Trump than Lester Holt. Why is Lester Holt there? Why is Facebook? Why is Twitter? Facebook and Twitter today removed an interview with Donald Trump removed an interview with him lest it lest it soil their own nest i suppose and the nest of what they concept they conceive of as the american mind i want to talk about that more when we come back to 6025080960 be right back